0: You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, the number one podcast in Oakland, uh, the number one podcast in the Bay Area. This is your host, Jordan Owandi. Today we have a special guest. You might have seen her on Everyday Celebrity News live on Facebook, but she, I brought her back to talk about her life, her upbringing. And basically everything in between. So today, Bianca, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan.
1: It's good to be here.
0: You have to you have to speak up a little bit.
1: I need to speak up.
0: Yes. So how was your uh, how was your day going?
1: It's good. It's been good. I uh, didn't sleep much last night, Watched a bunch of scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um and then I went to an event down the street which I didn't realize was that close when I finished. What
0: would have been, was it?
1: I was vending at my friend's shop, um, Maya. She uh, is an artist and she sings and she has like um, a jewelry accessory candle shop. She makes her own candles and stuff and she just got a space down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she had a little birthday block party that I got invited to participate in very last minute.
0: And you're also a, uh, you also make jewelry yourself, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What kind of jewelry?
1: Um, I make wire wrapping, polymer clay, so like sculpted jewelry, chain work, um, fabric, just different stuff.
2: How
0: long have yeah. you been doing that?
1: I've been doing it for about, let's see, 2018, so like, <laughs> two years now, a year and a half.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it came out of, I was excavating quartz crystals and obsidian up north Mm -hmm. on this property where I was living and I had always wanted to make jewelry and sculpt jewelry so I just started, I spent like four months collecting a bunch of crystals and then I bought more different types of crystals and I had a collection myself anyway, um, stuff that my mom gave me and I happen to have, like, just a really large collection of jewelry from around the world, just from places where I've traveled or friends have traveled or just uh, stuff I've had. So I started a shop.
0: What's the name of your shop?
1: Abeja Gold. Say that again? Abeja, like bee in Spanish.
0: Uh, gold. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Like a bumblebee. And, uh, but you do other things as well, right? I do. Like, tell the people what you do.
1: Well, tell them what I do right now or tell them what I've done.
0: I mean, like, your artistry. Like, you you just don't just make jewelry, right? I
1: don't, no. Um, I paint. I illustrate. I write. I garden. I make music. I play music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm into business.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, are you originally from uh, the Bay Area? I'm from the
1: Bay, yeah. What part? i um, from San Mateo County, Burlingame.
0: Born and raised? Born and raised. Siblings?
1: Two older sisters.
0: Are you guys close?
1: Mm, yes and no. What does that mean? Um. We had different upbringings, I guess. They grew up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Burlingame, but I also went to Guatemala a lot and stayed there. And I also grew up with like different families and like different parts of my family around Why, the were, bay. You,
0: why were you going to Guatemala all the time?
1: Um, I guess it was just cheaper to have me there. Yeah, family there. Uh huh. I have a lot of family there. Yeah, I studied for my school there. Hmm. You know. They sent a program over that I could use there to keep
0: studying. So you were in college in Guatemala?
1: No, this was like elementary school. Uh, Yeah, I stopped going when I was like 10 and then I didn't go back for like 15 years. uh, But I go every year for like a few months or twice a year.
0: Yeah. Just
1: randomly, yeah.
0: So what's it like in Guatemala?
1: It's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's hard. It's really, really tough there. Um It's really hard for women and children. It has like one of the highest rates of uh like human trafficking and just violence against women is really bad there. Yeah. Violence in general is really bad there. They often have like travel warnings and just um, the government is really corrupt. Um, There's a lot of misogyny, mm. like violence, just in general, like homicides don't really get investigated. So people get away with it and then yeah. the cartels run everything and the government there is just kind of in compliance with it, but it's a beautiful country. The people are amazing. I love the people so much. Like I met, I meet like older people who, are, who have been to a lot of places and I've often heard older people say like, Guatemala is my favorite place I've been to.
0: Did you ever feel unsafe there?
1: Yes. Absolutely. Another thing is there's a big prejudice against tattoos because people just assume that you're in a cartel
0: uh-huh.
1: um, or in a gang of some sort. And I was in Tikal, which is a national um, park there that has the ruins there. Um, and, but this shouldn't drive anyone not to go there. Guatemala is gorgeous, but yeah, yeah, just some some guy threatened actually one of the workers there one of the excavators there had like threatened to do something to me in spanish and my mom heard him
0: what he's threatening to do
1: just i think he threatened to like something just the culture's really weird there. just like oh like oh yeah like we should ask her if she wants to come with us and like oh even if she doesn't want to we'll just take her anyway like take her by force basically and my mom got really mad and
0: she started, like, cussing them out and took pictures of them. This is like, when you were already grown And these up? are, like,
1: the employees. Yeah, like, the people who were, like, working on the actual ruins. It's just there's a really big culture of violence there against women.
0: Mm. So, so this happened when around. you were already of age?
1: I was 25.
0: Yeah. When was the last time you were back there?
1: 2015.
0: 2015, yeah. Are you going back?
1: Yeah. Uh uh-huh. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do your siblings go uh, to Guatemala as often as you?
1: No, they definitely didn't go as often as I did. Hmm. Yeah. A lot more conventional, I guess.
2: Hmm.
0: So your family, your parents, are still together?
1: No. No, they're not. My dad um, separated from my mom. I guess he disappeared for a few years when I was like six. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. What I do remember of my mom and my dad was they were very in love. Very, very in love. They were together for like 17 years. Um, And then he dipped for a while and then he just kind of showed up and would just show up every once in a while.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And then I stopped seeing him completely once I was like maybe 14, but then he'd call every once in a while. But um, I didn't hear from him for a long time, and then he passed away.
0: Mm. So you, uh, what uh, high school did you go to? out yeah?
1: I went to Burlingame, but I graduated from the San Mateo Adult School. 'Cause I was one class off.
0: Mm. Did you used to get in trouble a lot in high school?
1: Um the administration there they knew me well enough not to really reprimand me. They just kinda let me skip. I skip. I started skipping real young and mm. working. And like traveling. I just kinda got by on my like finals and my test scores but i hated homework
0: you were working in high school
1: i was working all through high school doing what first cleaning houses with my mom and like babysitting and stuff and then uh i started doing like independent modeling gigs and like art gigs Uh, when i was like maybe 14 15 and then once i was 16 I started working at a cafe and then I got a job with Macy's um, on their like fashion trend board. I got scouted at like a fashion show, mm-hmm. so they gave me a job for a year and then I started selling weed when I was like 16.
0: So you were modeling at 14, were these like creepy dudes? like no. yeah.
1: No, it was always students, and I always had my mom's permission,
0: yeah.
1: or it was like a catalog, some random catalog or like a random clothing line like just different little gigs mm. yeah,
0: so after you finished uh high school what did you what did you do?
1: um I moved to well after I finished high school in October the year I was supposed to graduate, so the day after I got out of Burling in my school, I moved in with my cousin and then that semester I enrolled in the city college of San Francisco while I was getting my diploma mm. at the adult school where my mom works in San Mateo. And then I found me and my friends a house in the sunset. And so I was just working and going to school, city college for marine biology. That's what I wanted to transfer for. Um, For a few years, I lived in the sunset. Um, Yeah, and that was like the first year I really started living in San Francisco.
0: Did you uh, take a lot of drugs when you were in high school?
1: I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I started studying. I was actually late on weed. I started with Vicodin because I had insomnia. I started having insomnia when I was like nine. Mm. And I had really bad insomnia when I was like twelve, and I just my mother was always sick growing up. She had sciatica and anemia and stuff, so I just kind of found out about her like sleepy pills, you know. And then I like looked it up, um, and so I started taking Vicodins to like sleep every once in a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when I was and then I started drinking then too. And then when I started smoking weed, I was like fourteen. And where I'm from, it's like you start smoking weed really young.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: a drug town. People have a lot of money there. Where? In Burlingame.
0: Burlingame. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Not that we did. We were there for sectioning. Hmm. You know, my mom wanted to go there. She lived in San Mateo. We lived in like a little apartment. But there, I grew up around people who are like one percenters, like mansions. Yeah. Like crazy contrast. Um, but yeah. And so I started smoking weed late. And then I got into like Buddhism and Hinduism when I was like 15, 14, 15. And I started reading about it. And that's when I started um, learning about like shrooms, mushrooms. And so I studied shrooms and just like plant medicine for like six months. Mm-hmm. And then I took shrooms when I was 15.
0: Were you ever, did you ever get addicted to anything? Yeah. Uh huh. What?
1: I started, I mean, I was actually, no, I wouldn't say that I was addicted to anything yet, hardcore. I was experimenting and I was selling whatever I could. You know, and then kids there also have their hands on pills. So it's like just kids there do a lot of drugs. Mm. Burlingame is called the City of Trees. That's like the motto. You know, so you start smoking weed, and you know, there are all these like Xanax moms there and stuff like that. Or And then I went to school with like a lot of like just riddling kids
0: and mm. stuff.
1: So. It was just that kind of town. It was drenched in drugs. It was kind of weird.
0: So is it it safe to say you've tried everything?
1: Mm, Yeah. There's a few things I probably haven't tried, but yeah.
0: Do you still participate? I do. (laughs) In everything?
1: No, not in everything. No. No, I have my battles with addiction. Um, but it's not my
2: whole life. Mm.
0: All right. So, uh, recently you, you had a experience at a CVS Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh, you had a video that went viral, I'm assuming, or not viral. I guess you can say viral.
1: (laughs) Viral. Huh? i don't know it has a lot of views yeah that's it but not it's not like famous or anything it's not like it was on google or wasn't trending or whatever
0: so yeah i saw the video right and mm-hmm. then um why did you well explain uh what the video is basically
1: i went to cbs to go to the pharmacy and out of nowhere the pharmacist started being really rude to me and trying to like shoo me away Mm -hmm. and i didn't let her i kind of like Speak, speak
0: louder please
1: i i didn't really let her shoo me away i kind of reacted and then as i started walking out of the store i got approached by a different woman from the cash registers and she kept asking me if I had merchandise and I told her multiple times, no, I don't have any merchandise to ring up. I like even like started messing with my pockets. So I was like, I don't have anything. I don't know mm-hmm. what you want. She followed me from one side of the store to the exits. And then I went in my car. I started like messing with my phone. I pulled out of the parking space and started driving away. And that's when I noticed she was outside taking like pictures of my car. And that's when I was like, what the fuck, you know, like, what the fuck is she going to do with my picture? Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my cell phone out to like be accountable and to ask her what the fuck she's doing. Cause I know that's against policy.
0: What? Taking a picture of someone's car,
1: even going outside, Mm
0: -hmm. going
1: outside and chasing somebody outside and taking like their information like that. I don't think that's legal. Um, On top of that, I i mean, it just clicked. I already recognized what it was, you know? And it's like, I don't know what she's gonna do with that information. Is she gonna call the police? Is she gonna post my picture? Is there gonna be a picture of me here now? So every time I come here to the CVS in my town where I'm living, like, I wouldn't say it's my town, but the town where I'm living, yeah. like, am I going to be pointed out or fucking alienated, you know, because of why?
0: So you get out the car?
1: So I get out of the car and I, you know, I approached her and I was like, "I, why are you taking pictures of my car and steal anything? Like, and she kept saying like, first, like, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm not even gonna bother to look at the tapes. Like, obviously you needed it. She kept saying that you needed it. Obviously you needed it. People need to steal condoms. People need to do this. You were trying needed to needed st- it. It was condoms. That's no. I was buying. I was buying Plan B. Mm. Um, and I was already really stressed out about it and nervous, and just and I was sick.
0: Nervous about buying Plan B? Yeah. I was so nervous about that?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. Seems like a big hormonal thing to just kind of x out of. I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's still my body. And I don't know, I've only taken it a few times.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: knew, I know when I, the times that I did take it, it didn't make me feel very good.
0: Mm-hmm. You feel
1: that shift in your cycle and your body and your like, I don't know, you know, like it's just, Chemicals, I don't know. <laughs> like,
0: fuck. All right. Yeah. So
1: there's nothing wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with taking it, but I was just nervous.
0: Okay, so you so she, she you you guys confront each other outside the store. Right.
1: And she's adamant at she's not accusing me, but it's missing, and she understands anyway because obviously I needed it. Mm. and she's not gonna bother to look at the tapes even though she followed me out of the store asked me a bunch of times got answers and then came out and took pictures of my car
0: did you end up buying it
1: no well yeah yeah somewhere else but
0: Mm.
1: not there you Mm. know like
0: they just have plan b's just out where people can just grab it or is it because i always thought like it was like behind like the nurses or that's over what I
1: thought too. I don't know a lot about it. I guess in some places you could just grab it.
0: So in that CVS you can just grab it?
1: Some, yeah, but, interesting. but okay, so I didn't know that. So I called my doctor. So, or like, not my doctor, just where I go to the clinic. And I said, you know, what's up with this? Like, oh, can I get it free? Cause I have um, the healthy uh-huh. SF. And she's like, no, but I can text you a coupon to get it for 13 I was like, oh, why? How much is it? And she's like, oh, it's 45 And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. text me the coupon. Yeah, I'm going to save that money. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, yeah, so I went and it was closed. So, I don't know, just a weird interaction. It just didn't make me feel good because that's just, it's just happened to me. I don't like it. I don't like
0: being accused of being a thief. Mm. You know. So uh, there's
1: nothing wrong with being a thief either, because I have stolen in my life too.
0: Yeah, I stole a whole bunch of shit. In my uh, yeah, imagine. I've stolen a lot of shit in my <laughs> life,
1: but corporations. Yeah. I wish I had stolen. You know, mm-hmm. at this point, but I wasn't stealing it. You know, yeah. that's it's annoying. It's still annoying. You know, it's still just. And just the way she was talking to me was just really condescending.
0: Mm.
1: I didn't like that. As if she was trying. Why, to did, why did you, to you just stay
0: there and keep talking to? Her? Why didn't you just leave?
1: I. It was just print It was just I wanted that satisfaction of finally being able to show somebody I didn't steal from you. Because mm-hmm. I rarely get that close. You think she,
0: You think she gave a fuck? She didn't care.
1: I mean, she cared enough to keep talking
0: no what, what i'm saying is fuck. she didn't care about you proving her wrong that's what i'm saying
1: oh yeah i could tell she didn't give a shit So she why still I even,
0: thought why I I even wrong. sit there and talk to her for that long of a time
1: i just wanted to just point it. i just wanted the product to show up <laughs> mm-hmm. and just be like you just said all this fucking really nasty shit to somebody you don't even know mm. like if she hadn't run her mouth really it was like this could have been solved very easily Ask me where it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> instead of saying, instead of being passive aggressive, I hate passive aggressive shit. I really don't like passive aggressiveness. I really don't like it. It's really annoying to like skirt around things, you know? Yeah. Um. So she could have come up to me and instead of being like, oh, so are you ready to ring up your merchandise? You know, you're putting, you're expecting that you're putting me in some type of position to where I'm like, uh, like, I guess, and pull it out of my pocket or something like you're the fucking hero of the day, fucking
0: Mark, you know, like. That's what they teach you in loss prevention. Don't accuse them, just walk up to them. She's not even
1: lost prevention, though. She's not not supposed to do that. She's a cashier.
0: But anyways.
1: And she's white. (laughs) Like,
0: you know, (laughs) like.
1: You know that's I don't it's always been white people who have accused me of stealing
0: mm-hmm.
1: minus one person,
0: so you just look like someone who steals is that what you're saying
1: no yeah. to white people, maybe probably yeah, uh. I imagine when I walk in a room and I don't know maybe it's my last name, maybe it's my I don't know I don't know I've been. <clears throat> accused of a lot of shit from white people i've been attacked by white people a lot in my life a lot attacked attacked physically verbally emotionally mm. financially everything <laughs> like
0: mm.
1: i've been stifled by white people a lot in my life Burlington was a very racist place mm. very racist
0: so you left the cvs and it just basically just ended up getting some uh, somewhere else
1: it ended up being sorry
0: you just ended up getting it somewhere else. That's the whole more point of it. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. I ended up getting it somewhere else. I showed him where it was, and I wasn't happy about it. I just, I wasn't happy with the way she was talking to me.
0: So I'm assuming you don't have children.
1: I don't know.
0: So you, I'm assuming you believe in abortions.
1: I do. Yeah.
0: How do you feel about 100,000%. uh? How do you feel about um some of these places? They tell women what to do with their body.
1: I hate it. I think it's horrible. mm mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't like it.
0: How do you feel about uh, some of these congressmen saying that even if you're raped, you still should have the kid? It's
1: disgusting. <laughs> There's a, there, at least there was, I don't know if it's changed, but there was like a law in Australia where they were giving custody to rapists. Mm-hmm. That's out of this fucking
0: world. What do you you mean? Like the baby is born and then the the person who raped her gets custody of the kid? Mm -hmm. In Australia? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm very lucky to have, you know, been... I'm very lucky in some ways to have been born here, you know, compared to the rest of my family, at least the generation before mine. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So you said you've been attacked by uh, by white people. Can you uh, tell me some stories?
1: For example, right after Trump got elected, I got physically, publicly attacked by three random white dudes within the first six weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say physically attacked, can you be specific?
1: The first one was at Ruby Room. I was at a show. My friend Clint, what's up, Clint? Um, shit, yeah, Ruby Room in name Oakland? Names? Yeah. I was in Ruby Room seeing my friend's band, um, and there was a really drunk white dude there. And he just like really old, like it doesn't matter how old you are, but whatever. It was an old ass white dude, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: really drunk, and he just started like babbling in my face. And, like, started grabbing at me and shit. Like, grabbing Bad, my what, arm. What was, was
0: he talking, what was he talking about? Like, the I Trump or election yeah, or something? I don't remember. Yeah, just, like,
1: he, he wasn't making sense because he was really drunk. But what I remember was that everybody was just kind of, look, watching him do this to me. And nobody was, like, hey, leave her alone or anything. And I kept, like, pushing him off of me and being, like, leave me the fuck alone, you know? Mm. And he, And then, like, eventually he, like, kind of, like, really pushed into me, like, as he was just kind of like like gargling saying whatever the fuck he was saying
2: Mm.
1: and just let himself like fall into me really aggressively and I just pushed him super hard and I was like what the fuck is your problem you know Mm. until he just kind of walked away on, on his own and I'm looking around at the bar staff and it's like me I'm used to be like being at bars where I know everyone I know the people who work there I know You know, like if anyone even witnesses that for a split second, they're going to just fucking push it out, you know, but it was just so weird to me to like look at the staff who were like kind of watching me and see them do nothing and everybody was just kind of standing around and it was just like.
0: So you said it was three, you got attacked by three guys. The second
1: guys. person. At the same night? No, it was within six weeks. Second person was a few weeks later. I went to go visit my friend in, um, Boulder Creek and we were at a store at the 35. That's like an old biker's route too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There are a bunch of like biker stops there, like Amy's and stuff. And we were at the market there anyone would know what I'm talking about if, if they know the 35 from San Mateo to Santa Cruz, there's that market before Boulder. Um, and my friend who's, who's white, who's a white guy. He walked into the market and went to go buy stuff. I was going to go stay with him and his family who I grew up with. Um, like, because he knows my family, we grew up together. We went to like the same church and stuff and, I was just excited to see them. And so he went to go buy like booze and food and stuff to barbecue. And and I was sitting in his truck and I went outside to smoke a cigarette. And this old white dude all of a sudden gets out of his truck and starts charging towards me and starts like saying like, oh, you fucking cunt. Like what the, f-? like just cursing at me. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was like, what? and I like kind of put my my hands, like, like, and like, a what? Like, what do you want? And like, and then he just started walking towards me and sanction. That's when he threw his beer can at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" And that's when my friend Colin came out and he was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" You know, and like, and then once he came out, he saw that he was like coming towards me. He started like retreating. Uh-huh. But this dude came from, like, a really far distance to start approaching me, Mm -hmm. start cursing at me, and then started, like, really fast charging at me and then threw his beer can at me, which, like, almost hit me. Mm -hmm. So I guess there was no physical contact, but I still count that as a random fucking public encounter attack from a random white dude for no reason, a hostile random white dude. And then... After that, I was I was um, I was skateboarding down California, I believe, and I was like bombing these hills. When you bomb hills, you kind of time it with traffic so that you don't bail or you don't come onto oncoming traffic. And so I knew nobody was behind me. I like to be safe when I skate and so i just i took it and i timed it so i'd be fine so i'd have time to relieve myself but the green light traffic wouldn't come and all of a sudden i hear a motor bike coming like a motor like accelerating behind me like really fast and then all of a sudden i hear yelling and then i'm going i'm skating down this hill and all of a sudden, this white dude on his motor scooter makes contact with me. And I'm holding on to him mm-hmm. so I'm not, I am not—I don't fall. And he's saying, like, get the fuck off the fucking road, like, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, is super old white dude. And then I managed to, like, he's driving and kind of, like, swerving into me. And I managed to push off of him with my skateboard but then I started getting the wobbles, so I'm like, I have to fall right now. I'm going really fast. He knocked my timing off. I fall really hard. And as he's scooting away, he says, go back to where you came from. Mm. And then I scraped up her going really fast, and I didn't get out of bed for, like, three days
0: because I was so sore. Uh-huh. So, uh, you have all these horrible experiences with white people, you say? That's
1: not even like a, per- a sliver of it, yeah.
0: So, uh, do you, is it safe to say that you don't like white people?
1: I don't like white people. <laughs>
0: What don't you like about white people?
1: I love.
0: No, I didn't say love. I said. people. What don't you like about.
1: What I don't like about white people is. Irresponsibility. No accountability. Denial. um, Fucking destruction. Mm hmm. Just. Oblivion. I hate that. I hate oblivious white people. Mm hmm. You know, definitely the subtle racist or the subtle contributor, which is obviously still racist. Like, it's just the worst. It's the worst. The denier.
0: So, this is what baffles me, right? You're in a relationship, correct? Can you tell the people your boyfriend his race?
1: He's white.
0: Can you say that again. No, then, then. He's
1: white. <laughs> He's white. Some of my best friends are
2: white.
0: So this is what I don't understand. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: If you if you feel this way about white people, and I'm not saying all white. Well, I'm not saying all white people are the same, obviously, but. If I had all these horrible experiences and traumas with like Chinese people, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't search for a Chinese partner. Now why nobody wh- searches. Well I know. Well for- uh, I wouldn't search for it or it's very unlikely that I would be in the position to even be dating a Chinese person. So how did you, how did that relationship come about?
1: I met him at work and he was really, really polite and really nice to me. And he, he, he asked me out. He was, super nice he was really funny he was really hard worker i have i mean
0: it sounds like you don't even know why you're he with treats,
1: him no i know exactly why i'm with him he treats me really well
2: mm. he
1: supports me
2: mm.
1: one of the biggest reasons honestly is because he's not intimidated by my creativity that's a problem i've had with so just you don't you don't have general. a problem
0: with uh him being white
1: Mm, yeah sometimes definitely of course sometimes it, it drives me fucking up the wall <laughs> i mean but at the same time like he like he's very willing to listen to me and learn he wants to learn
0: what and he, he all
1: i already didn't have to like say so like, I don't know. Like, it's just not really, I don't know how to explain it. Like when I meet anyone, I'm not, I don't know. Like there's no prerequisite. Like I, if you are open-minded, loving, love all people, you care about people, you're a hard worker, you're productive. You're intelligent. You know, you're not perfect. You know, you have room to grow and learn, and you do those things. Like me, it's more of like that, that like iron will that I like in people. And I feel like you can find that in anyone just that will to live, that will to learn, that will to be loving that will will to like give yourself to somebody and i'm also at a point in my life where i want a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. like that's what i've always wanted for myself eventually
0: how long you guys been together two years that's a long time not really so you believe that uh one person could be with one person the rest of their life
1: I believe it's possible. I don't believe it's the epitome of love or the way things should be.
0: Do you believe one person can be just a sexual with one person the rest of their life?
1: I do believe that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe that can happen if somebody wants it.
0: Then that's what you want?
1: I mean, right now, yeah. Yeah, right now, yeah, I like it.
0: Have You guys met each other's family yet?
1: Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And what did do what does your family feel about him being white?
1: My family loves him. My <clears throat> my mom, my mom knows. I mean, my mom shares the same ideals as I do about white people. You know, she's had her fair share of experiences, but. I mean, she loves him. She's never said anything about him being white.
0: what does that family say about you?
1: Uh, uh, His family's very different. Meaning what? They're not close to him. They're not the same. He has problems with his family, really bad problems. It's really sad. Uh, They treat him like shit, kind of. Mm-hmm. he's uh they didn't like that he didn't want to go to school and chose to start growing weed instead and working in business and construction and start being creative instead mm-hmm. and so they kind of like cut uh, all ties with him and for like different years on and off and they're very strange. They just operate very different. They're very much a white U.S. family, very superficial, conventional, materialistic. My mom loves him. My mom is said to like sub in to be his mom, which he like needs right now because his mom and dad just. They just bring him down, they just insult him, they insult him. They treat him like shit. It's really sad.
0: Have you ever been diagnosed with anything? I have. What?
1: Schizoaffective disorder <clears throat> and insomnia. But I mean it's
0: So you're bipolar?
1: It's yeah, that has to do with it.
0: And when did you get diagnosed for that?
1: Um in two thousand fifteen. Officially, uh
0: Um well before that, you didn't um, think you were bipolar?
1: Um, no, I definitely knew something was wrong with, I thought I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I definitely knew something was different. I thought I had schizophrenia, just schizophrenia.
0: So what what, what was happening that made you start thinking this?
1: Mm. PTSD kind of flipped my brain as a kid. And I started getting insomnia when I was like nine. And I also started um, like a very sensational other uh, otherness to my thought process when I was very young. I don't know how to explain it. like I almost like a disassociative cognition where. I understood that my life in a physical realm existed as a kid, but I also felt like there was something outside of my physical body Mm. that was driving me as a person. Like I started lucid dreaming when I was really young yeah like really young like i got really good at lucid dreaming
0: lucid dreaming uh can you explain that
1: lucid dreaming like when you snap into your dreams and you can control it you Mm. know when you say when you say to yourself i'm dreaming Mm. but you're still in that dream and then you kind of fuck with
0: like dreaming while you're awake
1: like being awake while you're dreaming Uh. So almost like you're not even sleeping at all, which can be troubling as well too.
2: Mm.
1: It's it's almost like being like a video game character or being thrown into like a film or like a film set Mm. where you just kind of have to accept it to your reality for this kind of amount of time and eventually you're gonna wake up but you're just there, you know? Anyways, so... So then I started having auditory hallucinations, insomnia, depression. Um, I think I thought about death and suicide way too much, way too young of an age. And just...
0: Have you ever tried to commit suicide? Yes. How many times?
1: Three, I think.
0: So it's safe to say that you're horrible at...
1: uh... That was a long time ago. It's been a long time. Uh It's been a long time since I attempted, which I'm really proud of. I'm really, really, it's been a long proud, time. You're since proud
0: I, that you suck at uh, trying to commit suicide? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I mean, it wasn't, it's hard to explain.
0: When was the first time you tried to commit suicide?
1: I was 19.
0: And how did you try to kill yourself?
1: I tried to run into a moving train, an oncoming train in Millbrae.
0: That's kind of like easy to do. So how did you fail? You just got in front of the train and changed the mind? I
1: was already walking on the railroad tracks, really mm. drunk. I guess I was singing really loud or something, mm-hmm. or being really loud, talking to myself. So somebody had already called the cops on me. And before the train could, the train was like, in sight if you know the Caltrain um, I was at Millbrae and I was going into a private area and that's when somebody called the police and the police was like right by Millbrae bar Caltrain and I got tackled by them before the train could hit me
0: so you and were on 15, the tracks 15. with the train coming to you right the police tackled you mm-hmm. and then arrested you no they
1: 5150 me
0: uh, I was very obvious. That I was mm. trying on myself, and then the second time,
1: the second time, um, wasn't so much in a. Oh, well, no. The second time, I was using and using what drugs and. Uh, it wasn't so much that I was trying to kill myself; it was that I was accepting that it was it could very ha- well that happen. you can overdose.
0: Like, I was overdose. just
1: going; I was just going for it. I was just going in and out of it, and then I woke up like seventeen hours later. Just
0: it was your heroin or something?
1: Or and it was just bad. And then I I cleaned up after that for a while. I would, it took me a little while, but I did clean up. And the third time was the second time I got 5150. It wasn't that I had an attempt. It was that I was about to hurt myself. I was blacking out sober and just getting really violent. i was very frustrated. Uh, uh, There have been a lot of things that I've worked very hard for and Things like getting accused from stealing and losing opportunities or being accused of being a, t- a certain type of person or something, like, uh, really fucking... It would really fuck with me a lot, you know, because I'd work really hard for a certain opportunity and just to get it pulled, like, last minute. Um, so I had told my psychiatrist at the time that I was afraid I was going to kill myself or hurt myself really bad super soon because I was having really violent blackout, outbursts, sober and intoxicated. And I was skating a lot, a lot really psycho shit. I was doing really psycho shit on my skateboard, just hills, just just attempting really dangerous shit. And, and then the third time, which was the last time, was uh, with a friend of mine, and I was trying to jump in front of like moving cars, and I was trying to like jump off a ledge or something. And that was the last time
2: mm.
0: so you were you depressed during all these times? or how far how how far apart were these like the first time you did it was 19 it
1: was and 19. you tried
0: it again when
1: I wasn't was- trying I was letting it happen it's just there there's a distinction i know it doesn't seem like it but there is a distinction it's uh seg time 23? 23 24 something i don't really remember 22
0: 23 was there anything specific going on in your life to make you uh
1: yeah, Try I had, I was really frustrated. I had just lost a job um, where I was being discriminated and I was getting paid. A lot of money I was working really hard. I really liked the job. And even the people who had like just gotten hired were like, you should sue these people, oh. <laughs> you know, like they're discriminating against you really bad you know, like we'll help you with the lawsuit. it will be witness to a loss. And I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to eat it. I didn't stand up for myself as much back then. But, and like just different things like, uh, like I had lost a ton of my friends because I was couch casted by a music producer. And I said no to his advances after like working in the studio on and a couch casted, what is that? Couchcast cast is like when it it's like it, it was originally, I think a term for actresses to advance their careers in like Hollywood. So you'd meet the director, they would offer it a fuck and you could take it for a career, mm-hmm. which could like, that's a totally valid way. Mm-hmm. If you want to fucking come up in the world by like, that's fine. I don't see anything. It's called couch that. cast it yeah yeah and that's not couch casting couch casting is more like non-consensual like you don't realize you're showing up for that like you go to a job interview or something like that or you have a contract or something where you're in the position or somebody else is in the position to advance your career Mm. right and it's specifically with creative arts this music producer had told me i could go on tour we actually had like dates and everything booked. I had like an opening thing. I had been recording a demo, like all the stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he tried to sleep with me. And then two weeks later, I I said no, and I ran out of this house. And two weeks later, the lawyer had said that my music was too drug influenced, even though the guys on that record label talked about like the pill bottles empty or whatever.
2: Mm.
1: You know, or the lines on the mirror, some shit, but my music was too drug influenced. And then I had no friends, at least in that era.
0: Who was the who was the director or whatever?
1: I'm not gonna say names. Mm. But let's just say it was a a hippie convent type of record label.
0: You can't say the record label either.
1: Indie folk. It was Cake Knife. It was Cake Knife Records?
0: Cave Knife Records. Cake
1: Knife. Cake Knife Records. Yeah. yeah and then I've and then it come them. out like a few years later that like a bunch of girls were getting like roofied around their scene and stuff, and he had given one of my friends pills and she didn't realize what she was taking and mm. stuff like that. She was really uncomfortable about it, and I had gotten drugged around that scene too. Mm -hmm. at one of my shows um so it was just kind of a weird time so I had just lost a really big I was just very um illusioned you know I fell into like the illusion of of you know being able to come up with my music and Thought that, you know, cool, I'm gonna be on this record label, label where the bands are all touring and traveling and have shows and they're just have access to all these instruments and shit and studios and just amazing equipment and analog equipment and stuff and it's gonna be fucking great, you know, and this is what I've been dreaming of, you know, since I started writing or playing music and then it was like, i don't know i was just depressed after, I had my best friend died just a lot of shit just a lot of shit
0: after that happened did you stop doing music for a while or did you no. keep pursuing
1: no i kept playing music
0: now what type of music do you make are you in a All band kinds. or something
1: i've been in a bunch of bands but right now no
0: do you sing or you play the drums or do you, what i sing
1: you i play drums i play piano i play guitar I'll try to learn anything with strings. Mm-hmm. Sitar, I love sitar. I love piano a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. I love instruments.
0: So, uh, your jewelry line, where uh, where do you sell this jewelry? Where can people find my that? My
1: slime, my jewelry is nice. I love it. <laughs> it's great. I, it's one of my prouder business endeavors that I've had. I I mean, I'm proud of all my business endeavors, but I mean, I'm really proud of this business a lot. It was just a little baby of a idea, and I just kind of rocked it. You know, I launched it. Like, I kind of rushed the launch, and I... I don't know, just grew into so much, you know, and it, yeah, Mm. yeah, it grew into a lot and I love making jewelry. I really like it a lot. I love designing jewelry. Nice. And it just kind of has made me realize that I can, you know, at least one of my careers, I can, I really see myself doing it for a while and make, and expanding it and doing more with it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, this is the part of the interview where I'm going to give you the floor to promote whatever you want to promote. So you can tell the people where they can find you on Instagram or your email address or tell people where they can find your jewelry or whatever else you want to promote. So go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, Speak loud too. My business is Abeja, A-B-E-J-A, gold. That's on Instagram. Um, I also want to talk about my family's nonprofit. It's a Mayan dance group that we've had for... It's been running for over 20 years. So we dance like traditional Mayan dances. And we've been doing that around the Bay at like museums, carnival every year, um, at like private parties, different cultural events at the ballpark and stuff. Like um, that's... uh, Proyeccion folklorico grupo shelahu. Shelahu is our tribe, our Mayan tribe. Um so it's PFG mm-hmm. underscore Shelahu, which is X E L A J U on Instagram. We have a Facebook too. Um and yeah, and then I have my designs and stuff too at an old account. Uh, they have, just my main, my main account is Bianca, um, Bianca dot Gonzalez 89 on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are my socials. My, you can find my illustrations, my designs, some of my music, like some of the stuff I've written, a lot of improv. I like to upload a lot of improv. Eventually, I'll have a piano again. So, I'm working on songs. Um, I want to come out with like a dance, more of like a dance album, uh, like dance music. Um, that should be sometime next year.
0: Do you have a YouTube?
1: Um, I don't. I have an old like Reverb Nation with old like emo and indie, indie folk songs I recorded in my like old studio in my old room art studio at this warehouse like when i was like 21 um that was a long time ago um but yeah there, there are different youtube videos like my stuff is really all over the place mm. stuff with lump sum zine um stuff with reverb nation different i mean just I don't know, email me or just hit me up on Instagram and I can send whatever work or whatever type of uh, media that I've been into. But so, yeah, I mean, more music's going to come out. Um, my second collection of my jewelry is going to come out soon. Like I kind of came out with like a line of jewelry and design. So this is like my second episode chapter. That'll be, up soon and then i'm working on clothes i'm designing clothes i bought a sewing machine a little while ago so that'll be up eventually too <laughs> i'll have a website and stuff i'm not mm. super established eventually when i can uh raise the money to do it i got rent to pay so
0: well all right uh, that was a lot of shit but that was for all the people who are listening, if you listen to this and you are interested in this woman, then go and follow her on Instagram.
1: My life is a lot of celebration, too. I love dancing. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of good times in San Francisco. I do want to say that. It's yeah. not all. Uh,
0: well, this was, this was the dark.
1: Yeah. If you
0: want to find dark. out about the uh, the nice stuff, then you can go on our Instagram. I mean, look without at that.
1: darkness, there's no white
0: right i mean shit yeah, of course but uh thank you bianca for coming on everyday celebrity podcast thank you and
1: i appreciate it thank you for giving me this time
0: yeah ho- i hope uh to talk. all that shit works out for you
2: it's yeah. working out <laughs> it's good
0: <laughs> all right this is everyday celebrity podcast and then we are out you bye